0: Are locked on Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Seconds left. He's got the ball. He should have it. Isaiah hangs on the ball, flips it up to the Raptors. Detroit is the city of champions again. Detroit basketball. What up? Welcome. So the Lockdown Pistons podcast, episode for Monday, March the 9th, and a couple of big-time losses by the Pistons. This is your boy, Matt Shook, the host of the Lockdown Pistons podcast, a sports writer here in Detroit City covering the NBA for the Detroit News and Associated Press, a Pistons fan and follower my whole life, and a sports newspaper reporter for over a decade as well. Thanks for listening to the Lockdown Pistons podcast and spreading the word about your favorite Daily Detroit Pistons podcast. They were going to run down the details of the weekend losses. I've got three takeaways from the weekend as well. We're going to update the projections later on. The Tankathon numbers, all that good fun stuff. Is that's what we're relegated here to do here with Pistons Land. But give me a follow on Twitter at Matt underscore shook s c h o c h another underscore for that. Also the Lockdown Pistons Twitter account and check us out on Facebook at Lockdown Pistons Dash. Matt shook, but the Pistons dropped a pair of games over the weekend at home on Saturday night to the Utah Jazz, 111 to 105, and then on Sunday in New York to the New York Knicks at Madison Square Garden, 96 to 84. The Pistons have now lost 11 out of 12 since the Andre Drummond trade and have fallen to 20 and 45 the season. Some numbers on the record: the Pistons now 1 and 10 on the second half of back to backs, one more coming at Milwaukee and then the final one in the last game of the season at the New York Knicks once again. So the Pistons 1 and 10 on the second half of back to back. Now 3 and 18 against good teams after the loss to Utah, 10 and 18 against bad teams, 5 and 14 against teams from the Western Conference. And opponents on the second half of back to back are 3 and 5. I'm sorry. Um, opponents are 5-3. and three. The Pistons are 3-5 and five when their opponents are on the second half of a back-to-back. So losing records all the way around, 3-6 and six in games that I am in the house at Little Caesars Arena as well. So all the numbers are ugly. On Saturday, the Pistons fought hard at LCA, went on, to a, went on a 14-2 run, late third quarter, early fourth quarter to tie it, 79-79, 10-38 to play. Utah then made seven straight shots during an 18-2 run, while Detroit did not score a field goal for 5 minutes and 37 seconds. Putting the game away, all the Pistons would scratch and claw their way back to down 3 in the final minute as well, 105-102. Mike Conley uh, wrestled the ball away from Brandon Knight on a Jazz offensive possession, threw the ball from the ground, cross-court to Joe Ingles. He found Rudy Gobert, who drew a shooting foul, controversial one from Christian Wood underneath the basket, 18.2 seconds left, free throws Seal the win there. Jazz amazingly had a little streak where they had a four-game winning streak. Then they lost four after that, won four after that, lost four after that, and then won four after that, going into the Pistons game on Saturday night. So if the pattern would have held, that would have been the beginning of a new four-game losing streak. Well, that didn't happen, and instead the 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 streak of four game. I'm sorry, five four-game wins and losses streaks by the Jazz, came to an end as they extended their their latest four-game winning streak to a five-game winning streak with the win. Unbelievable there. First time in NBA history that that happened, according to David Locke, founder of the Locked On Podcast Network and also the Jazz play-by-play man on the radio. But Christian Wood had a career high on Saturday night in points for the second straight game, cracking 30 points for the first time, scoring exactly 30, first time in his career. 11 rebounds as well. Wood, after Sunday's game, leading the way again, he has now led the Pistons in scoring eight of the last nine games. Langston Galloway had 14 on Saturday along with Jordan McRae. In his second game as a Piston, 13 points for Brandon Knight in the loss. Sfima Kailuk, one out of eight on three point on, on field goals, missing his first seven shots before knocking down one at the very end. In Sunday's game against New York, just dreadful, but good for the tank. Absolutely there. 22 more points. For Christian Wood, 16 points and 6 assists for Bruce Brown, who's been pretty good since returning this weekend from a 4-game absence that he had because of injury. Some of the rough numbers, Jordan McRae, 1 of 10 from the field. Tony Snell, 1 of 9. Those two combined to go 2 of 14 from 3. So tank MVPs right there as the Pistons continued to struggle. Tony Snell did knock down 1 of 1 free throws over the weekend on Sunday against the Knicks. So his perfect season from the free throw line continues at 29 for 29. Good for him. But the Pistons back in action on the road. This is the – they got one down of a three-game road trip, the second of that coming on Wednesday night at the Philadelphia 76ers without Embiid, without Ben Simmons. We'll see how that goes. And then the Pistons are at the Toronto Raptors on Saturday. So another light week of the amount of games coming this week – before the Pistons return home for three games next week with Orlando coming in a week from tomorrow. That'll be March 17th. Golden State a week from Friday, that's March 20th. And the Lakers a week from Sunday for their only trip to LCA. Maybe LeBron James could make his debut as a Los Angeles Lakers player in LCA against the Pistons as uh, he did not play in the Lakers' trip to LCA last season. We'll see if that comes But uh, Golden State and L.A. coming in town with Curry and LeBron is the good news for the Pistons trying to sell some tickets, but it's also the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. So even when you catch a little bit of a break, you can't catch a little bit of a break in some respects for the Pistons' business squad. But the team, uh, I've got some takeaways from the weekend, the performances that they had. I was courtside on Saturday night and then uh, watched from home on Sunday just like you guys. And that's coming up next here on the Locked on Pistons podcast. But hey, when you start your hiring process, you may have questions. Will you find good applicants to choose from? What about education experience? And how will you know you've made the right hire? Indeed is here to help. Millions of great candidates use Indeed every day to find their next opportunity. You could post a job in minutes and use screener questions to help create your shortlist of applicants fast. Also add skills tests to your job posts so you can be confident in your applicants' abilities. Their library of more than 50 skills tests ranges from industry-specific skills like accounting to general aptitude tests like critical thinking. Indeed gives you the smart tools to make hiring decisions quickly and to be confident that you're making the right hire for your team. Post your job today at Indeed.com slash LockedOn and get a free sponsored job upgrade on your first posting. That's Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Offer valid through March 31st. 2020, yes, all right, a little bit later on, we will update the tankathon standings, give out some new projections for the rest of the season as well. But I got three big takeaways from the weekend for you guys. A stat that jumped out, uh, the honorable mention takeaway from the Utah game and being up close and personal at center court kind of gave you a good perspective of it. But the Utah Jazz shot 89.5 percent at the rim. The 1th percentile, I don't know how to say that because you have the 98th percentile, 99th percentile, but the 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 1th the percentile is uh, the Pistons defense in that one. So Utah was just making it happen easily without any kind of fight being put up by the Pistons defense. Thon Maker only played 10 minutes. He's probably the Pistons. Well, I guess John Henson is the, the last remaining good shot block, blocker left on this team right now. He wasn't effective on Saturday night, a decent shot blocker. Thon Maker does all right down there. Can't rebound, obviously, but he only played 10 minutes in this one, so Dwayne Casey had kind of a short lease for Thon. Dante Hall was available. He he did not play in this game and, by the way, was sent back down to Grand Rapids on Sunday. It's a part of the game that we want to see Christian Wood improve on as time goes on, um, and Rudy Gobert on the other side kind of illuminates some of those problems. The Pistons did have only two block shots in the game, and they were from Brandon Knight and Langston Galloway. Going through some of the cleaning the glass numbers, which is where I got this uh, Utah stat from. Brandon Knight shooting at the rim. Uh, 20% at the rim uh, for the Pistons so far this year. Now we now we know it's a, a short stint he's been with through Detroit, but uh, not finishing at the basket, Brandon Knight. Third biggest takeaway, wanted to pass along and, and give some big ups to Sekou and Uh And I'm saying it w- correctly now, without even thinking about it. Booya! So, um... Good for me. But uh, he did the unprecedented back-to-back-to-back games. We talk about how tough a second game of back-to-back is. How's a third game of a back-to-back-to-back? He went to Maine, Portland, Maine, against the Red Claws and played for the Grand Rapids Drive on Friday night. Dropped 30 points in that game, including the game-winning long two with under 10 seconds to go over there. Flew back to Detroit and played the game against the Utah Jazz. Had 9 points in 20 minutes. Then flew to Madison Square Garden to make his New York City debut, scoring four points in 16 minutes there. Unbelievable. How about those frequent flyer miles for Sekou Doumbouya? Uh, nice uh, weekend for him. Yeah, he's not letting the the NBA on fire anymore, and we know that he looks worn out. And uh, the season, in my opinion, is kind of just being rode out by him at this point. Hopefully he's putting most of his time and energy into his skill development, body development, those kinds of things. I am not sure why the Pistons felt the need to have him play in all three games over the weekend. I'm all for him playing some Grand Rapids games every now and then. But if that's the case and you're flying him out to Maine, maybe just have him sit out Saturday night and then uh, head to New York and meet the team on Sunday. Now, we don't know exactly what the flight situation was in Portland, Maine. Maybe that's a little bit more difficult than it sounds. But I think the NBA teams could have figured something out, whether it's having him – Stay a night over or maybe driving to another airport, getting over to, to uh, New York City some other way. But, yeah, Seku played three games over the weekend, and hopefully uh, he has some energy to go with the rest of these games here, 17 games left for the Pistons season. Second biggest takeaway, and it's going to be Christian Wood week a little bit here. We're going to talk extensively about the big man. But I like the tweet from Johnny Kane. He says he asked Christian Wood about his dust-up with Julius Randle tonight. They got into it a few times including a little bit of shoving. Mitchell Robinson kind of comes in uh, as the third man in while the two guys are staring each other's down, and, and Robinson gives the shove from the side for a guy in Julius Randle who should be able to defend himself anyway. Didn't really like that. Thought that was kind of a punk move for Mitchell Robinson there. But uh, Christian Wood told Johnny Kane, if guys are going to try and come at me and, you know, try and push me around, I'm not going to let that happen. I play in Detroit. I'm sure you guys would have loved to hear that quote, good stuff from Christian Wood to Johnny Kane. By the way, Johnny Kane on our show last week, check him out. Uh, that episode ran, I believe, on Wednesday, middle of last week. So check out Johnny Kane on the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Some good stories being told about him. But the first biggest takeaway is, you know what, man? This is March, right? To quote Roth, John Rothstein of CBSSports.com. Just wanted to pass along our congratulations to... Well, not only John Teske and Xavier Simpson for the Michigan basketball team, the most wins in Michigan program history for those two seniors, but even more so of a congratulations to Cassius Winston of Michigan State. Uh, just an unbelievable four-year career for Cassius. Great seeing him have the senior day performance on Sunday. Vintage Ken Cassius Winston shutting down Ohio State with the big uh, plays at the end of the game. Well, a blowout, but still the uh, the statement three-pointer step back there. And uh, kissing the S at Breslin Center, the traditional senior day moment there. You can't beat the Spartans on senior day. But really cool for the state of Michigan, obviously a, a Detroit guy, homegrown guy at, at UAD Jesuit. And we know about all the personal situations. The Cassius family uh, trouble that, that they went through with the, uh, the completing of suicide by his younger brother, Right before the uh, college basketball season was get to getting started, and sure, Michigan fans are excited about their team going into the Big Ten tournament this week, going to play Rutgers on um, Thursday afternoon. I believe a noon tip off in Indianapolis, and then eight nine game there. We'll see if Juwan Howard can kind of copy off of John Beeline and get things going in the Big Ten tournament here after a decent season, nineteen and twelve for the Wolverines. But of course, the Michigan State Spartans. Get the double buy. Not going to start their big tournament until the quarterfinals on Friday. And get a share of the Big Ten championship with Wisconsin and also with Maryland. So congratulations to Tom Izzo and the Spartans. And once again, uh, just uh, big ups to Cassius Winston. Way to get it done. But just a reminder as well, in case you didn't hear Friday's show, sports gambling will be available on Wednesday at the Detroit casinos. All three of them. You can go place bets starting Wednesday at 1 o'clock. They're going to be doing ceremonies at at least Greek Town and MGM. Not sure what Motor City's plan is. I'll be passing that along if I hear anything uh, Monday. And I do expect to hear something beginning of the week from Motor City Casino as well. M- uh, Motor City has partnered with FanDuel. Uh, Greek Town, of course, partnering with Barstool Sports. And BetMGM is now the new name of the sports lounge, sports betting. Lounge in MGM Grand that used to be called Moneyline, but now BetMGM kind of the national brand for that group. So good times there and good times for sports fans who are excited about sports gambling coming to Detroit, coming around the state of Michigan as well soon as the tribal casinos have their own kind of timelines. They'll be announcing their plans as the future of sports gambling is now here this week, at least at the Detroit Casinos. But up next, we're gonna update the Pistons, Tankathon rundown, some projections as well. That's coming up next here on the Lockdown Pistons Podcast, which is a proud member of the Lockdown Network, your team every day. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Tankathon, the race to the bottom. A big loss for the Pistons on Sunday in New York. The Pistons move up to fifth in the ping pong balls listing, but they're just percentage points below the New York Knicks in the standings now both the teams have 20 wins but the the Knicks have one less loss so uh when i'm looking at tankathon though you're kind of just looking at the win column at this point uh the Pistons have only 17 games left so they uh have games in hand i guess it's, it's hard to exactly determine what's in hand and what's not at this point uh or if it's the other way around out of hand in hand out of hand but um This is the highest the Pistons have been on the Tankathon standings at number five alone right now. That gives them a 42.1% chance of being a top four selection and a 10.5% chance of getting the first pick overall, the highest they've been so far. Now, I I know we're talking about the odds, and, of course, the further you move up on the Tankathon standings, the more your odds increase of beginning a top four pick or a top one pick. For for me, the more important reason – to be up in the high part of the Tankathon standings is that you can't fall that much if you get passed by teams. If you're at 5, you can still go all the way down to 9 if four teams pass you. Of course, that is extremely unlikely that four teams are going to go from below 5 all the way up to the top 4. Certainly can happen, but I think it's you can reasonably expect to fall a couple of spots. So, 7 it's certainly, an eight can happen as well. But if you fall from five, two spots to seven, which is a very reasonable thing to happen, still not too bad. Picking seventh in the NBA draft uh, through a, through five of the sim lottery combinations in there for you. The Pistons ended up six, four, one, six, and three. So that five spot they never fell below sixth. So pretty good. Still a decent spot to be in for this draft, salary wise, and uh, the type of player you can get there you don't want to fall into that eight nine ten category for a pick but being in that six five pretty good uh place to be of course number one is good but man i would almost yeah we'll get into the draft as time goes on and and we have but to anthony edwards to me is still the top pick in this draft but after that wouldn't feel so bad about falling to you know four five six something like that but uh for tankathon purposes the Cavs won a pair of games over the weekend surprising For both of them, they've got 19 wins now, so that was good for the Pistons. They beat Denver on Saturday night, then went ahead and beat the San Antonio Spurs in overtime there in the return game for Andre Drummond. He missed a few uh, there for the Cavs, but returned and played well, including a late dunk at the end of home stretch of regulation. That was a big dunk there for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Overall, pretty good, but uh, the Warriors leading the way at 15 wins. Atlanta, Cleveland, and Minnesota tied for second with 19 wins. And then uh, Detroit and New York effectively tied for fifth place with 20 wins, followed by the Chicago Bulls with 21. They're a team to watch, though, as the Bulls have a very tough schedule in uh, just like the Pistons do, so lots of losses coming for them. 22 for Charlotte and then 23 for Washington, another team with a very tough schedule. So might want to keep an eye from behind of Chicago and Washington. Tonight you have the Charlotte Hornets taking on the Atlanta Hawks, which is nice. One of those teams will get a win there. Pistons fans rooting for Atlanta. Tuesday, you've got the Knicks playing Washington and Cleveland playing Chicago. So more wins coming on Tuesday for some of these teams before the Pistons even take the court. You are rooting for Washington and Chicago in those games. Although, Cleveland and Chicago is nearly a wash. 19 and 21 wins, respectively. Uh, And like I said, the tougher schedule for Chicago. I still say you're rooting for the Bulls in that one, but that one's kind of a toss-up. New York and Atlanta playing on Wednesday, the next time the Pistons take the court as well against Philly. So that's another one where uh, someone's got to win, and that helps the Pistons there. So some nice matchups of teams where someone has to win this week, and hopefully maybe someone could pull an upset as well out of all the other teams in here. But for the Pistons, 17 games left in the season, nine on the road, eight at home at Little Caesars Arena. 17 of these games, 12 of them are against teams currently in the playoffs, five of them against teams outside the playoffs. An interesting Numbers that I saw out there, 538.com, they update after every game, so I checked it late tonight. Uh, The Pistons are going up against a 544 strength of schedule, according to tankathon.com. That is the fifth toughest schedule left, but according to 538.com, Pistons now projected to finish 24 and 58 this season, which would be tied with the Cleveland Cavaliers for second to last in the NBA, with the Warriors. Finishing 22 and 60, the worst record in the NBA. So that would get you into that that spot where you want to be, right? The bottom three teams. Everyone has the same uh, odds for the 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 uh, lottery there. If you get into that bottom three teams, you've got a 52.1 percent chance of being in the top four and a 14 percent chance of being the number one overall pick. So, for the odds purposes, there's no difference between the bottom three teams. But, of course, better to be two than three because you don't fall as far if you don't get into the lottery as well. So, not that easy, though. Some other teams right there with the Cavs and the uh, Warriors and the Pistons. The the Knicks just one game up with the 25 wins, 26 for the Timberwolves, 27 for the Hawks, Hornets, and Bulls. So, the Pistons have games against three of those teams left. So, uh, some exciting basketball left. you got the Warriors, you got the Knicks one more time, Timberwolves, and the Hawks, too. So, four of those teams some more must lose games there. By the way, according to basketball references projections, which were not updated after the New York Knicks games, as I record this episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast, Pistons tied for fifth for the basketball reference projections in the Tankathon rankings. Um, but I like I said, probably moved up to fifth alone with the win over the New York Knicks. So that wraps up this edition of Locked on Pistons. Now, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of one of my favorite shows. That's the Duncan and Hollinger Show. And have a great day, everyone. See you tomorrow.